Hey everybody, and welcome to the 5 Bytes Podcast. I'm your host, Rory Monahan. As always, the podcast is brought to you by Goliath Technologies, who help IT pros be proactive and anticipate, troubleshoot, and prevent end-user experience issues, regardless of where IT workloads or users are located. And also by Liquidware, who recently completed a webinar highlighting their involvement with Microsoft's Windows Virtual Desktop product. You can check that out for yourself. I'll share a link to the webinar recording with this episode, which is episode 61 on 5bytespodcast.com. You'll find that under reference links. And now for some news. This week saw the Mobile World Congress in Barcelona. At the event, Microsoft unveiled HoloLens 2. The demos of HoloLens 2 looked very cool, and tech reviewers have been pretty positive. I was fortunate enough to get to try the original HoloLens early last year. That was a really cool experience, but right away I noticed when I took the headset off, I had a big red mark on my forehead. It was also pretty heavy. While the ability to reach out and interact with characters and objects augmented onto my surroundings was cool, it was also a little disorienting. When I would look, say, at a little shark character on one part of the wall and then turn around and open a remote desktop on the board behind me and then maybe try to look back to where the shark was, I wouldn't be able to find it and I would need to line up my sight and view just right to see that again. And it was kind of a disjointed experience. Well, apparently, at least according to reviews I've read, This has been addressed in the HoloLens 2. From pictures and also from the demos, the headset itself looks like it's pretty bulky still. Personally, I don't think I'd be running out to buy one just yet. It doesn't quite look like the finished consumer product in my opinion. I found it interesting that the announcement comes very shortly after Magic Leap got a lot of attention at HIMSS, the medical conference. The HoloLens comes in at about $3,500, while the Magic Leap is just under $3,000. These headsets providing augmented reality are much more expensive than the fully immersive Oculus Rift, Sony PlayStation VR, and HTC Vive, for example, but provide a much different experience just by their nature. I can't wait to see how these develop further. And another quick tidbit about the HoloLens 2, Mozilla have already announced they plan to support the HoloLens 2 with their Firefox browser. That should be pretty cool to use a Firefox browser within the HoloLens, just augmented, planted onto whatever happens to be in your room in front of you. Imagine using something like that for your browser experience. It's pretty exciting. Also announced this week was the Azure Connect device. I owned a Connect and I now own a Connect 2. I love those devices. The body tracking capabilities had one very simple and often overlooked ability in my opinion. You could use it for a web conference. The camera would pan and follow you around the room if you're walking around. So if you just wanted to go about your day and multitask or maybe present something in the room during a meeting, maybe a whiteboarding session, you could do that and the camera would pan and follow you around the room. It would follow you if you go to sit back down too. And it also had the ability to detect who was speaking and zoom in on that person. I'm really surprised they weren't more popular in conference rooms. I was also fortunate enough last year to go to the Atlantic Conference in Galway, Ireland, where NUIG students in Ireland are using the Connect2 
on a robot to interact with Alzheimer's patients. The Kinect also has a mic and speaker built in, and the robot could interact and play the patients some of their favorite music, videos, or show them pictures to trigger memories. So these devices were helping with patient care, which is pretty cool. I also recently saw in the Monterey Bay Aquarium, they were using them for educational games, allowing kids to gesture their arms as if they were wings, and it would guide birds flying over the bay teaching kids as they play. This new Kinect device is half the size of its predecessor. Obviously, with the years between this device and the last one, the specs are much improved, and it appears they are targeting this purely at developers right now. At just $399, this is one I could possibly buy for my own fun. But be warned, if you plan to do the same, this is not a consumer device. It is designed for developers and commercial business, and there is no refund if you make the mistake thinking this is going to replace your Kinect on your Xbox today. My buddy in Northern Arizona, Tobias, shared a discount code this week for NVIDIA GDC 2019. If you're interested in attending and want 25% off, try the discount code NVJCowart. The Verge reported on a 19-year-old vulnerability which has now been patched in WinRAR. It turns out a file type that WinRAR was supporting, .ace files, could contain malicious code. A hacker could simply rename the file to a .rar extension and extract it to the startup folder on a machine, ensuring on boot all kinds of chaos could be released. If you're a WinRAR user, install the latest version that was just released. This has been patched by removing support for the now defunct file type. Bleepingcomputer.com have reported that Adobe have started sending emails to enterprise customers to inform them that Adobe Shockwave Player for Windows will no longer be available for download starting on April 9th, 2019. In case you aren't aware, Adobe also has plans to kill off Flash in 2020. I developed an action script back in 2006, but then in my IT career, I had plenty of rush deployments due to Flash Zero Day, so it's bittersweet for me. For those not keeping score, Microsoft Silverlight support ends in 2021, and as reported previously on the podcast, the JRE web plugin is also circling the drain. It should be great news for IT pros, but if you haven't had the conversation with your apps teams yet, you should start talking to them about addressing any applications with dependencies on those types of plugins. The super slick modernized office icons that I covered months ago on the podcast have finally seen the light of day. If you're an Office 365 user, you could check them out for yourself. If you're listening to the audio-only version of this podcast, you can see the icons by watching the YouTube version of this week's episode. The first preview version of the MSIX packaging tool for actual public release launched this week. The listed key features include the ability to convert apps on a remote machine, improved file management experience in the package editor, and auto-versioning recommendations when saving in package editor. I'll also say, if you tried the earlier version of the MSIX packaging tool, I find the code signing of packages a little more straightforward. Passwords are accepted now, and importing the cert ahead of the metadata screen now results in the cert publisher name getting auto-populated, so it's just one last step. Remote Display Analyzer version 1902 has been released. 
Some of the highlights include added new information like the Windows build number and when running on Citrix or VMware, the agent version number is now also displayed. Next to the primary screen resolution, the DPI scale has been added. Support for the latest VMware Horizon versions. Support for the latest Citrix VDA and latest HDX updates. Support for Windows Virtual Desktop and the new Windows 10 Enterprise for Virtual Desktops build, which is pretty cool. They're very ahead of the game on that. They've also added new NVIDIA GPU usage information like the license type being used and the video encoder usage. There's also some overall improvements and bug fixes. ICT-R have yet another great performance article, this time with metrics showing different RDSH configurations with different spec VMs with a varying number of VMs per host, showing what that sweet spot is in terms of resources per VM and VMs per host. You'll want to check this one out for yourself. It's awesome. And now for the weekly webinar. Informationbuilders.com will be holding a webinar at 2 p.m. Eastern on March 5th, where they will cover some of the highlights from this year's HIMSS conference. I covered highlights a couple of weeks ago myself on the podcast, but I was not there in person. For an in-person take on some of the highlights and also to learn about their Omni Health Data Solutions, you'll want to register for this webinar. And now for this episode, scripts, tricks, and tips. I recorded a podcast episode of the Frontline Chatter podcast with Jerry Gibson interviewing security expert and fellow CTP Patrick Coble. In the podcast, he talks a little bit about password management, and I'll be sure to share that episode once it's available. And why am I talking about that? Well, this week's tip is to check out Local Administrator Password Solution, or Microsoft LAPS as it's known. It's a tool which can help you centrally manage, change, update, and secure your local admin passwords. And an additional tip, you should specifically check out SID-500.com's step-by-step guide for installing it. This will give you a jump start. As always, with every single episode I record of the podcast, I will share all my reference links, including a link to the SID-500.com article that I'm referencing. That will be on 5bytespodcast.com under reference links for this episode, which is episode 61. As always, thank you so much for listening.